The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 59. The New Amazon. 1886. April. Somewhere north of Denver, Colorado. Cassandra led Helen into her cabin. She had one all to herself. Inside, there was one large room with a bed, a wash basin, a vanity, a dresser, and a pot-bellied stove at its center. In the corner of the room was a redwood chest, carved with a delicate relief depicting a hunt, and above it, on racks, there were rifles. Lots of them. They lined the walls like decorations. What's in the chest? I asked. Handguns, ammo, cleaning tools, some spare parts. That's my gun collection. What I wanted to show you was this. Cassandra pointed to a map of America that hung on most of the southern wall. She had drawn on it and written notes next to a line that cut across the country. This is how I tracked you. You started here in New York. You met up with Anna here in Chicago. Then the train broke down here. What happened to the train? The papers just said that there was an attack. A pirate tried to kidnap me. Anna killed him and his men, I said. A pirate? Yeah, with a cannon and everything. In the middle of Iowa? They had it on a cart. The next time you appeared was Anna's wanted poster. That was here in Nebraska. So I assume you probably took a carriage from the train wreck to the fort. Where was the river? I don't know. I'm no good with directions or maps, but it took a day to get to the fort from there by carriage. Does that help? Yes. That means it was probably here. Cassandra made a mark on the map. I looked at it and smiled. I touched the map with my fingers. I closed my eyes for a moment. I could almost smell the water and hear the wind rush through the trees. Yes, that was probably it. Then the intercontinental line went dead. All the trains were cancelled. Everything stopped for two days. I knew it had to be you. So you must have gone south to catch up with the line. Probably here. Cassandra pointed to a mark across the city where we saw the melodrama. All of the places we had been sketched out across the map. Finding you after that was just a matter of waiting for the next train to come down the intercontinental track. I figured you'd have to switch trains in Denver to make it here, through Anna's hometown, and to the end of the line, where the railroad is still under construction. Somewhere around here. You figured all of that out on your own? I asked. Yeah, but no one believed me. I had to beg Celia to pick up Anna, and it was her idea to kidnap her. I told her just to invite her and she would come, but again, Celia didn't believe me. Penthesilia? The queen of the Amazons. <laughs> no, just Celia. But we do call her the queen. Apparently, it's a nickname her mother gave her when she was a child. You know, like princess, only she was too bossy to be a princess, so her mom called her my little queen. Until she got too old to be little. Then, just my queen. Now I guess she's our mayor? Leader? I don't know. 
It's not that well-structured, but everybody looks up to her, and her word is usually the last word. Honestly, we do kind of think of her as our queen, explained Cassandra. And your Anna's sister. We're all sisters here, in a sort of figurative sense. To live here, you have to swear that we are all sisters, and if one of us is in trouble, then all of us are in trouble. Candace and Felicia wrote the vow. She took it from the Three Musketeers. It's kind of a one-for-all, all-for-one vow. Candace and Felicia. From Denver? Oh, yeah. They were there from the very beginning. They live three cabins over. Together? Of course together. There are lots of couples here. Let's see. There's Mary and Alone, Candace and Felicia, Sarah and Florence. Most of us are sapphic, except for Celia. She always has to have a Billy with her. A Billy? <laughs> yeah. Billy's not his real name. She finds some guy she can push around. She moves him up here. Sometimes he's the only man in town. Then, when she gets tired of him, she gives him the boot. She always insists on calling him Billy. I think she's still trying to get back at my father. I think the current Billy is like the third Billy? But she's our queen, so nobody cares. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a girlfriend? No. Do you want one? There is this girl. In the mornings? Her name is Arcadia. We usually have breakfast together down by the pits. That's our common kitchen. I help there, making food in the morning and the evening for everyone. She waits for me to finish serving the others so that we can talk and eat together. But later, when I go looking for her, she's always off having fun doing something with someone else. I don't know if she likes me. You should ask her to do something with you later, during breakfast. Hunting? Does she like hunting? Doesn't everyone like hunting? Um, no. Find out what she'd like to do first. Then ask her to do it with you. I will try. <laughs> you should. It's worth it. But what is this place? You built a town here? No, my grandfather built it. It was supposed to be hunting grounds for his rich friends and business associates. But one year they got caught up here in early winter. They couldn't get back down the mountain because of a storm, and they hadn't brought enough food. They all died. That's how my father inherited his fortune. He would never come up here, considered it haunted. Aren't you afraid of suffering the same fate? No. They died because they came up here for a week and got caught by a storm. They didn't have enough supplies. We live here. We are completely self-sufficient. If we needed, we could stay up here forever and never come down into the city. But we still do. Sometimes it's more convenient to buy candy than to make it. Would you like a hub wafer? No, thank you. What about your father? Won't he try and reclaim it? He wouldn't dare. Besides, he can't. Legally, I own this camp. Hell, I own this side of the mountain. You own it? Yeah. It was the only gift my father will ever give me. Tell me, how did you hear about my journey? How did you know Anna would be with me? The Westward Ho article. What Westward Ho article? Hold on. Cassandra walked over to the redwood chest, opened it up, rummaged through it a second, and then pulled out a newspaper. It was slightly yellow. She handed it to me, and I unfolded it to the front page. The Westward Ho, the most beautiful woman in the world, traveling west to marry Train Baron. I looked at it and began to read. 
The byline said it was written by Oscar Rightway. I fumed. Odysseus wrote this? It was Odysseus who leaked this to the papers. He was responsible for the attacks? Why would he do this? It only made his job harder. I kept reading. It described the beauty contest briefly. It went on and on about how rich my family was, that I was New York royalty. Then, worst of all, it talked a little bit about how much money a kidnapper could make, probably by snagging me off of the train. It was a setup. Odysseus wrote this to put me in danger. Why? When I got to the end of the article, I read the last sentence. Helen Taggett will be escorted by famous Pinkerton detective Ulysses. Ulysses, I whispered. He didn't write this. He would never have called himself Ulysses. Penelope wrote this. She must have sent it to the papers under his name. And if Penelope wrote this, it had a purpose. It had to have pushed fate in the right direction. I realized because of this article, Odysseus was forced to hire a bodyguard. Without it, I wouldn't have met Paris. Not yet, anyways. Penelope forced the meeting early. Somehow, a thousand miles away in New York, setting things up months earlier, she was still looking out for me. Thank you, I whispered. But how did you know that Anna would be my bodyguard? Because of the detective. What detective? Last year, when the railroad camp was in Denver, I came down for supplies, and a detective was looking for me. Well, he was looking for any Amazon. Someone had told him about us, and he wanted to talk to Celia. He kept saying he was looking for the person in charge of the Amazons. This detective, thin round eyeglasses, short top hat, striped suit, shiny shoes. Yeah, that was him. Do you know him? Yeah, I know him. Go ahead. What happened next? Well, I couldn't lead him to Celia or bring him here. Lots of us are still wanted by the law, so I got him to admit what he wanted. He said he wanted to hire a bodyguard to escort the most beautiful woman in the world from New York to the railroad camp. He showed me the paper. He even let me keep it. I knew Anna was looking for the most beautiful woman in the world, so I stretched the truth a little. I told him that Anna had taught us all how to fight and how to shoot, that she started the Amazons, but that she had gone back home. I didn't want him to come after Celia, so I implied that Anna had been our leader. It wasn't exactly a lie. Cassandra looked sheepish. No, don't feel bad. You sent her to me, and I fell in love with her. Now you're my sister, too. I hugged her. I know everyone else never believes you. They always think you're a kid and you don't know, but I promise I will always believe you. How did you know she was looking for the most beautiful woman in the world? Thalia told me. Thalia? Is she here? I'd love to meet her. No. We left her back in Denver. Cassandra dropped her head as she spoke. Why did you tell Celia it was a bad idea to kidnap me? Because a lot of us up here are wanted by the law. Most of us for small stuff. Or we're being hunted down by rich families who wouldn't let us love the people we chose. A few of us are still wanted for the bank robbery in Denver. The reason we are still free is because it's really difficult to get up here, and once you're here, 
the guards at the gate won't let you in unless you're a woman, or Billy. So no bounty hunter has ever gotten through the gate, except for Anna, of course. If you're a man, you'd have to bring an army to get to Celia. But who would bring an army to try to get a few runaways and a couple bank robbers you can't even prove are really here? It's just not worth it. But you, if you don't make it to the railroad camp, that fiancé of yours is going to hire himself an army, along with the one he already owns. They will find us. If they have to build a railroad track to get up here, they will. We're hidden, but we're not that well hidden. And they will march up here, probably destroying the forest as they go. We will be forced to either hold our ground and be destroyed, or run away again to find another home. And I'm tired of running. I like this place. It's mine, and I don't want to leave it. Okay, then we'll make a plan, you and I. You believe me? Of course I do. You're the prophetess Cassandra, and for once, in all the lives you have lived, you will be believed. Penthesilia and Mary sat on the edge of her desk, staring through the bars of the simple jail cell set into the wall of Mary's office. Mary had taken the job as their only constable. She preferred the title constable to sheriff. It was more British and snooty. Felicia had come up with it when Mary had refused to be called sheriff. Someone has to untie her, said Mary. Paris sat on the bench, staring back at them through the bars. Her teeth clenched around the gag, her hands tied to her side, and her feet tied together. Her eyes were the only indication of her anger, but they were doing the job. I'm not going to untie her. If I do that, she's going to hit me, and then I'll be on the wrong side of that lock, Penthesilia explained. Well, I'm not doing it. Where's Cassandra? She'll do it. She's with Helen. Who's Helen? asked Mary. Helen, the westward hoe? Apparently, Whiskey Girl here has a wife. You know her. Leave her alone in a room with a girl for breakfast, and they'll be married by lunch. Damn it, Celia. Just have Helen do it. I didn't want to put the two of them together until the Whiskey Girl agrees to the fight. She's your friend. She'll do it for you. I know you've lost faith in humanity, but this is the Whiskey Girl. If I were you, I would go in there, untie her, take my beating, and reclaim my friend. Would you really? No, probably not. Mary hopped off her desk. Uh, I'll go get Helen. Penthesilia mumbled. I looked around the small constable's office. It looked warm and inviting. The sun came in through the windows, and they had soft curtains. The wood was all light pine, and there were carvings of little animals sitting everywhere, on every surface, hidden in the rafters, and in the windows, and the corners of the window sill. I saw Anna sitting in the cell, staring at Penthesilia. Anna! I ran over to her. I pulled the key from my wrist, unlocked the cell, and rushed in to give her a hug. You locked that, didn't you? Penthesilia asked Mary. I did. Mary jingled the keys at her side. Anna, why are you still tied up? I asked, intentionally leaving the gag on so she couldn't answer. She turned her head and looked at me. The joke had gone too far. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, here. I untied the gag, letting it fall to the floor. Helen, untie me, Paris demanded. Why? What are you going to do? I am going to beat the living snot out of Celia, 
she said, head down, staring at Penthesilia. You can't do that. I forbid it. Forbid it? Your gun is at my service. Are your hands not at my service as well? I would expect they would obey me should I have need of them. They've already been so accommodating in the past. Now I require them to stay calm. Can you do that for me? Helen, she kidnapped me. Yes. Yes, she did. Ironic, isn't it? But look where we are. Isn't this place beautiful? Have you been here before? Yes, I've been here before. We can have our two days back. Then we will return to the train. I just want you to listen to what your friend has to say. She has her reasons, and she's giving me the most amazing gift. What gift? More time with you. I kissed her, and I held our kiss until I could feel her anger melt out of her. Slowly, I untied her. She stood from the bench, stretched her arms and legs. She stopped, kissed me one more time, and then sat back down on the bench. Looking once again at Penthesilia, Paris asked, Who am I fighting? This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. Thank you.